At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Bring along the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies to add a sprinkle of joy to your workday. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm your host, Sam Farber. It is a pleasure and a privilege to have you here, especially after a big win for the Hornets, their first of the season, 106-104, to and no better person to break it down with us than the man who hopefully one day soon will be my radio partner once again. He's worn a lot of hats. Matt Carroll, the Hornets Director of Player Programs, and he is also also obviously been a player he is a assistant coach he has done it all here in charlotte and we're glad to have him here for his inaugural run on the hornets hive cast matt thanks so much for the time sam glad to be here uh, hopefully this won't be my last time joining you so there's a lot of pressure for me to come through on this one i know well it seems like we book you and then the hornets go out and beat the best team in the eastern conference if not the nba through two games so it seems like you're off to a good start that's normally how it goes but listen i did go to notre dame so i do have a little luck of the irish we'll call it that oh see and i went to usc for grad school so we're gonna have some fun conversations in future novembers aren't we (laughs) that's right well a big win today here for the hornets they take it 106 to 104 you know this is a game where coming off the night prior against oklahoma city it, it felt at least from a lot of the Twitter conversations from the fans, like it had been an opportunity missed by the Hornets. Not winning at Cleveland, not winning over OKC, two teams that most people don't have very high expectations of, seem to lower the expectations on the Hornets, and then they come in against a team in Brooklyn that had won both their games against pretty good opposition by 20 or more points, and the Hornets almost one start to finish. They seem to be in control most of that game. I have to agree, Sam. And I think what's interesting, you think of the start of the Hornets. You know, you, Like you mentioned, the Hornets go 0-2. And two games that you're, you're looking at the schedule and you're kind of marking saying those are two winnable games. And then comes in the, the Brooklyn Nets, who arguably could be one of the best teams in the NBA, if not the Eastern Conference. And you're thinking that's going to be a tough one. But 
you know, that it, it just uh, I think it gives you a great example of, hey, it's not time to panic. You know, this Hornets team, we're still trying to figure out who they are, what's their identity. We have new pieces. And I, I think, you know, just from my days as a player, you get into the NBA and you play against a team like the Brooklyn Nets, against some of the stars of the league with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and you might be a little bit excited. You know, you're playing against that team. People don't expect you to win. It takes a little pressure off the winning part, but as an NBA team and player, you're hungry for your first win, and I think we saw a great example of that tonight. Early on in the game, neither team was shooting particularly well. The Hornets had maybe one of their worst efforts from three on the entire season. I'd have to check the box score to see if that's official, but at least in the first half, they were not shooting it well from deep and just hanging around, taking advantage of the fact that Brooklyn wasn't shooting well either, limiting them to one opportunity as much as they can, and keeping pace. And then a big play happened, and it really seemed to be a catalyst for the remainder of the second half. It was Terry Rozier. Kyrie Irving wanted a foul, missed the three. It's an air ball ahead of the pack. Terry Rozier throws it down over Kevin Durant, plus the foul. Oh my goodness. Terry Rozier, a breakaway opportunity, and this is just a signature moment over a signature player helping the team to a signature win. And what a moment it was, Sam. I mean, Terry Rozier, let's call it the little man versus the big man. And as he described it, he put the seven-footer in the rim. And sure enough, it was Kevin Durant. And that was enough to get everybody in the arena on their feet, even though there wasn't the normal crowd. But it still was an amazing play. And like you said, a catalyst to get the team going. And just the energy that a play like that can bring when – it's a different year. You know, you're in these arenas with not many people. Sometimes it takes a play like that, a signature play, to get the team excited, getting back on defense, bringing energy, a momentum changer, and that's exactly what happened when Terry Rozier made that dunk. It really speaks as well to the kind of player both Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham are. Neither player shot the ball well tonight. Terry was one of seven from three. Devontae Graham only had 13 points. He was five of 15 from the field, but they found ways to make things happen. Devontae had eight rebounds. He kept the ball moving. Uh, The team was a plus 14 with him out there, so clearly things were working when he was on the floor. And for Terry, even though he didn't shoot the ball well, he had maybe the biggest moment, a turning point for the game. They really did. And I think thinking of both those players, I think it shows a little maturation to their game. You know, Devontae Graham coming off an amazing season last year, you know, kind of the surprise of the NBA, the way he shot the ball from three, you know, leading the NBA in a top five most of the season for made threes. And Terry year, the way he started this season in Cleveland, you know, scoring over 40 points. So I think both those guys, whether they're making shots or not, they have the ability to be creators, to distribute the ball, to get others involved, and be playmakers. So I'm just impressed at the way they're able to stay in the game even though they're not shooting the ball great percentage-wise, but still have such a huge impact otherwise. So the knee-jerk reaction from the first two games from a lot of, again, Twitter people, and we shouldn't listen to Twitter. Twitter is a dangerous, negative place. But the knee-jerk reaction was the team must not be very good because they lost to two teams that aren't supposed to be very good. The knee-jerk reaction to a win like this is, hey, wait a minute, the Hornets can play with anybody which I think they can, uh, but you know, to to be at the level of Brooklyn, you know that that's a, a bit aggressive uh, over the course of an entire season. But you get what I, I'm going for here, Matt. You know, it, 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 the knee jerk reaction could be, oh, well, now they're definitely a playoff team. What does this game really mean in the context of the season? I get exactly what you're saying, Sam, and I think what is 
so important about this win tonight against the Nets is that it shows this young Hornets team that they have the capability of beating any team in the NBA, the top-tier teams in the league. But it also proves and maybe humbles this team in a sense of they can lose to any team also. So I think for Coach Borrego, it's a big win for him and his staff. And I think just for the players to know that when they're playing the right way, they're playing together, they get assists, they share the ball, they compete defensively, and they play a good, consistent game through four quarters, they have the ability to beat anybody, but also make them realize, listen, if we're not playing like this and playing the right way, our style of basketball, we can lose to anybody too, but it's a big win. Maybe the most disappointing thing about today is something that's going to be disappointing about most of the season, that is the lack of fans in the building. It certainly felt uh, we would love to have that crowd reaction and all those oohs and ahs to the mellow ball passes during the preseason and to Miles Bridges the other night against Oklahoma City, and certainly in this win here with all those big moments for the Hornets, the, uh, the hive would have been a live but a reminder the buzz is building and season ticket packages are already available for the 2021-2022 season guarantee your price now call 704 hornets or head to hornets.com to secure your season tickets today Segment two of the Hornets Hivecast. We've got Matt Carroll, Hornets Director of Player Programs, here with us on the show. And uh, again, we, we got to book you more often, Matt, because you're one for one. Every time we book you, the Hornets win. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling. It's a streak. It, it was another solid performance from Gordon Hayward, 28 points, six rebounds, seven assists. And I say solid because, you know, he just seems to have everything come so effortlessly. Nothing is forced. In fact, the one possession I felt that the team really did try and force the ball into his hands, it ended up with a miss. Everything just seems to come naturally. He knows how to make the right decisions and almost on accident ends up with 28 points in a full stat column. Well, I think what's so impressive about Gordon Hayward, and I think all of us in Charlotte, you're, we're still getting, we don't know him that well yet. We know what he's done with other teams, but we haven't watched him night in and night out. And to kind of witness you know, his versatile skill set, I mean, he can score in a variety of ways. I mean, I'm just really impressed at how he can score off the dribble. You know, put the ball in the deck, get to his spots, shoot over defenders because he's got great size for a wing. Uh, he's a playmaker. You know, he rebounds the ball. I mean, he really does it all. You know, he's not – you know, I think people look at him and you might stare at him and say, oh, he's probably just a catch-and-shoot guy. But he has so much to his game. I mean, he's one of the top players, at least the top wing players, I think, in the game, surely in the Eastern Conference. And I think he's really going to carry this young Hornets team with his experience too. 28 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, coming off a night where he was 0 for 5 from 3, and on this occasion he shot the 3 pretty darn well. Hornets have the ball, leading by 10. Graham to Bridges, into the corner. Hayward for 3. It is good! Timeout, Brooklyn! Forcing a timeout there, expanding the lead at that point to 13, which was the second largest of the night. And uh, again, you know, Hayward, I marvel at the fact that he is just such a a good decision maker. He's not forcing things. He gets 20 shots because there's 20 good shots to take or the shot clock demands that he put it up. But that kind of veteran savvy is something that really could go a long way for this squad. It really can. And you mentioned just how under control does, does he play? You know, he can make plays. He never looks like he's in a hurry, but he somehow gets to those spots. He shoots over guys. 
gets by his defenders on the dribble. And I think, you know, when you watch the really talented players in the NBA, those guys never look like they're playing too fast. They're moving quickly, but they never look like they're playing too fast. And that's something I've, I've noticed with him. And it just shows the kind of caliber of player that Gordon Hayward really is. He has a big performance. We already touched on Terry Rozier. Let's go to the bench. Miles Bridges had that furious comeback the night before against Oklahoma City. He continues to come out there with energy. How do you like how he and the rest of the bench performed on this occasion? No one really had any big stat numbers, Bridges 10 points, but it was not a situation where they were overmatched against a Brooklyn bench that most people think is the best in the Eastern Conference, if not the entire NBA. I think the Hornets bench is going to be extremely important for the success of this team. I think when the Hornets bench plays well and contributes uh, and produces, the Hornets are going to have a great chance and opportunity to win games. And if they don't, I think it's going to be tough. You look at this team, a guy like Miles Bridges, a super athlete, but can he make threes consistently? And if he can do that, he is going to find himself a lot of minutes on this team. And I think he's one of the key roles, obviously, in coming in the game, making shots. And we saw it in Oklahoma City, you know, just the ability to make shots in a hurry. And he doesn't really have a reputation of a a shot maker like that, but he's proven early on in the season he has the ability to do it. What's one stat category that really stood out to you? I've got a few in mind, but what's the one that really stood out to you that was the signature one for the Hornets tonight? You know, I'd have to say sharing the basketball, you know, 35 assists for the Hornets, I think just really just shows the the style of ball they're playing, their togetherness, unselfishness, you know, they're creating shots for each other. And, you know, watching the Hornets work on that every day in practice, sharing the ball, making the extra pass. You hear the expression all the time from Coach Borrego, pass up a good shot for a great shot. You know, all those little things that they work on, was on display tonight, but I really believe that's how this team will win. That's how you'll beat a team that maybe has more talent on paper like a Brooklyn Nets, but when you play together, play the right way, you have a chance to beat great teams like that. And it can't be understated that that's a hard thing for young teams to really comprehend. You know, a lot of guys, as they come into the league, they're the best player on their high school team, probably were the best player on their college team. They're used to having the ball. They're used to getting all the shots. To get them to buy in immediately that we're going to play unselfish basketball and, as you said, pass up good shots for great shots and spread it around. I mean, you know, Gordon Hayward led the way with seven assists, but uh, there were, I'm kind of now eight total players that had multiple assists in this game. That That's not necessarily a common occurrence in the NBA. It, it really isn't. And, and as you mentioned, with a young team, you know, these players are trying to make a name for themselves. And immediately everybody thinks, well, I got to score, right? I, I got to get notoriety because I got to put the ball in the basket. And to get this buy-in from young players who are still trying to make it in this league, to play together, pass up a good shot for a great shot, and just play the right way, making smart decisions, I think is really just a credit to Coach Borrego and his coaching staff that they've created a buy-in from the players on this Hornets team. And it makes them very difficult to defend. I think part of the reason why Gordon Hayward is seemingly so effortlessly able to get 28 points is that if you dare double-team him, he is going to find whoever's open, and the Hornets have confidence in whoever's on the floor to finish that opportunity. Absolutely. And the one thing I've really noticed with Gordon, too, is, you know, when when defenders are running to him, you know, obviously he's a good three-point shooter. He can knock it down. So they're flying out. But he really has the ability to put it down and make shots off the dribble in that mid-range, which nowadays, as you know, 
not a lot of players are taking those mid-range shots, but Gordon really is one of the best in the league, I think, at those. You touched on the stat, 35 assists on 43 made baskets. And this on a night where the Hornets didn't shoot the ball particularly well. They shot 44% from the field. I'd say that's you know about league average, a little below, honestly, for a winning effort. 29% from three, that is certainly below league average and the Hornets average. They didn't shoot the ball well and were still constantly sharing it. No one seemed to get frustrated out there. Just stayed the course. They did, and I think that that's not easy to do. I think with a team that has a lot of young players, you know, it's easy to get off that course when you feel like it's not working to a tee, but when you stick with the game plan, keep sharing it, and believe those shots will eventually fall, you know, that says a lot. And, and to win a game against the Brooklyn Nets, when you don't play maybe your best game offensively, or at least not percentage-wise by shooting, it's impressive. have one more segment to go. I have one more stat topic from this game that I, that I want to talk to you about, Matt, and that is second-chance points. We're going to get into that in a moment. And also, we want to talk about the rookie, LaMelo Ball, who had another solid performance on this night. He ends up with six points, five rebounds, five assists. Did have three turnovers, but you're certainly seeing the progress from him. We'll talk about those two topics in segment number three. But before we do, I want to encourage you all to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. It's get you access to all the new features and exclusive content available only on the Hornets app. You don't want to miss the new game day experiences for every game this season, giving you information and digital activations available only through the Hornets app. Third and final segment of the Hornets Hivecast. Glad to have Matt Carroll, Hornets Director of Player Programs, with us, a former star in Charlotte as well. Glad to have you here, Matt. Let's talk about second chance points. This was a category that I think if you had to pick one that was unlikely to happen against Brooklyn, this would be it. One, the Hornets had not been particularly good on the offensive glass for the first two games of the season, and Brooklyn is an exceptional rebounding team when you look at the monsters they've got in the middle in DeAndre Jordan, one of the best rebounders in maybe the history of the game when it's all said and done for his career, and Jared Allen, who's been a beast on the boards as well. And yet, the Hornets came through time and time again, and P.J. Washington in particular was big on the offensive glass. Two on the shot clock, Rams got a pushes off a little bit, gets away with it. The elbow jumper is a miss, but P.J. Washington got the offensive board. He goes up, lays it in. Hornets complaining that there's no foul call, but they'll take the bucket anyways. P.J. Washington with the putback to make it a one-possession game. Hornets down 42-39. to Just one of many examples of P.J. Washington picking up an offensive rebound. He ends up with six and matches his career high with 12 rebounds tonight. Matt, what did you think of the work on the glass? I thought P.J. did an excellent job. You know, I just, I love his toughness. You know, he has the size. He's a very good rebounder. You know, but he was gritty. I mean, he got after it. He was being physical against a a Brooklyn Nets team who is bigger. You know, they have bigger, they have more natural rebounders. And a Hornets team that is probably going to rely on you know rebounding by committee to do the job but PJ really showed a lot of toughness tonight on the boards and on the glass it is easy to accept the narrative I don't want to say buy into the narrative but accept the narrative that hey you're a smaller team you are without Cody Zeller who's out with a hand injury hopefully on the shorter end of the time frame given but it's going to be an extended period of time you'd understand if they accepted hey we're just not going to win on the glass that much and you know let's take advantage in other places, but that's not what's happened with the Hornets. They've doubled down on their efforts to win 
on the boards. They did a good job in that category against OKC. And now, once again, against one of the best teams in the NBA with two of the best rebounders in the NBA, they win there and probably win the game based off those second-chance opportunities. Yeah, I think that was a huge factor. And, you know, in the NBA, a lot of it's effort. You know, going for those second-chance opportunities, I think a lot comes from the Hornets' bench. You know, when you put players in the game, in addition, obviously, PJ did a great job, but guys like the Martin brothers, you know, those guys come in there, they bring energy, they get after the offensive glass, they have the, the freedom to go after the O boards, and, you know, they just bring, they're physical, they bring a toughness, and, you know, the ball starts bouncing your way when you, when you play aggressively like that. One other subject we want to talk about, it's what everyone's been buzzing about coming into this season and really across the NBA when it comes to rookies, and that's LaMelo Ball. LaMelo had another solid performance tonight, six points, five rebounds, five assists. I thought he, you know, a lot like Gordon Hayward in that he makes the right decision, doesn't finish with the same kind of efficiency that Gordon Hayward does at this point, and that's not a surprise. You've got a, a 19-year-old rookie versus a 10-year NBA vet and former All-Star. I don't think it's fair to say one should be exactly like the other, but you do see the processes being similar in that LaMelo doesn't necessarily seem to get sped up that much for a rookie, and he makes the right decision on whether to shoot or give it up more often than not. He does. Uh, you know, LaMelo Ball, one, he's young. But I'll tell you what, he has an incredible feel for the game at a young age. He's way beyond his years as a rookie and just feel for the game and knowing how to play with other players. He's going to make everyone else better. You know, I think the one thing I've, I've witnessed and believed just watching him and, and knowing he has so much room to just grow, but he, he enjoys the game. He plays with a fire, with a passion and energy that is contagious, I think, with his teammates. He's not scared to take chances, so he's got to make some highlight film passes, I believe. And his scoring, I think he's shot the ball, you know, maybe not percentage-wise, but he's made three, some deep ones. He has a lot of confidence that when he does catch it, he's looking to score and be aggressive. He has great size. So what I've seen from him so far is impressive. I'll ask you a tough question here potentially, Matt. What do you make of some of the internet chatter and the talking point that LaMelo should be playing more at this point? What is your thought on that and your response to it? Yeah, you know, I I think what's going on, I think you probably have comparisons going, you know, with the the two picks ahead of him, you know, obviously Edwards, Wiseman, you know, I think people want to see Melo play a little bit more. But at the same time, I think it's like, hey, relax, be patient. You know, it's we're three games into the season. Melo's going to get plenty of minutes, probably more minutes than he, he even wants this season. But they're coming his way. He's going to find his way onto the court. He's too talented not to. And I think Coach Borrego's probably just letting him learn the game a little bit. You have two very good guards that are starting, Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, who are experienced. And I think for LaMelo to learn from them, you know, he, he's going he's gonna to get his time. You know, so just be patient. I don't think he or anyone else should get caught up in the amount of minutes that have come his way. He's he's in the rotation. He's going to play probably throughout the game with the starting unit and the second unit. So I think it's just a matter of time before he finds as many minutes as he probably wants uh, this season. In the preseason, he was averaging, I think, number six on SportsCenter. He just, you know, the passing lanes were open. He was playing against less experienced players for the most part, just in the way those rotations were working out, and he took advantage. In the regular season, teams have made a concerted effort to take away his passing ability, certainly to take away the highlight pass. He continues to make solid decisions game after game, but he's going to have to show that he can shoot the ball at a very efficient rate before our teams 
start to close out harder on him and, and give him some more of those passes. Are you seeing the development of his personal offensive game to the level you'd want it to be for those lanes to open up? Well, I think, you know, the, the preseason is different. You know, the intensity and just defensively, it's like you said, there, there's more lanes open in the preseason. You get to the regular season, they start closing. You get to the playoffs, they close even more. But I think he's going to find his spot. You know, I think as he's in the game, it's like uh, any type of three-point shooter, when they get in the game, eventually the longer you're in there, you're going to find open looks. And he's going to find passing lanes. The more he's playing, he's going to find more opportunities on offense to score. So I think all that will come. You know, I think three games in, there's no need to panic for anybody. He's extremely talented. His ceiling is, is through the roof. So I think at the end of the day, like his time's going to come. We just got to be patient and just trust his abilities. Hornets get the win over Brooklyn, one hundred six to one hundred four. Their first of the year. They're one and two now. A couple of days off. We'll have the the preview podcast to the game against Dallas on Wednesday, but don't believe we'll have Matt scheduled for that one because you know we we have to schedule you for the post game. That's how we get the wins apparently. So we have to schedule you for the post game. <laughs> but uh, you know what is the next step after this? Dallas is a team that's one and two at this point. Certainly with Luka Doncic, a potential MVP candidate. What do you expect to see from the Hornets in that game? What do you want to see from them in that game against the Mavs outside of the obvious win? You know, Dallas is a very good team. I want to see them play the way they played tonight. You know, against the Brooklyn Nets teams that might be, you know, at the same elite level as maybe that people are looking at the Mavericks this year. But the Mavericks are a really talented team. We saw what they just did to the Clippers. They pounded them by, I think, 51. So I want to see the Hornets come out with a lot of energy, a ton of confidence, and just carry you over the style of toughness and grittiness that they play with against the Nets into the game against Dallas in Dallas. Matt Carroll, Hornets Director of Player Programs, thanks so much for being my guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast, and uh, we look forward to having you many, many more times throughout this season and beyond. Thank you, Sam. Enjoyed it. Look forward to doing it again. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For Matt, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us here on the Hornets Hivecast. We'll talk to you tomorrow with assistant coach Ronald Lauren. 